0: this is episode number 19 and look at the book on romans 8 and our focus is on verses 22 to 25 it's a great passage to correct the prosperity gospel and to declare a big not yet over our redemption so father i pray that as we read these sobering words that remind us we're going to die we're going to die of cancer or beheading and that this is no sign of your failure, but of your great power in our lives to give us such grace to endure. I pray that you'd help us now to understand this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what what has he said just before verse 22? He has said that the whole creation... will be freed into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. It's amazing. Not the other way around, not we freed into the freedom of the glory of the creation, but the whole creation is going to be freed into us. It is waiting with eager longing for our freedom and our glory. For we know, here's what he says next, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning. This is is why it needs to be freed. Why does it need to be freed? And he's answering that here. Why does the creation need to be freed from its bondage? Because the whole creation has been groaning, whole creation groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. In other words, it might look like the whole creation is in the middle of death pangs and this universe is about to collapse and go into utter ruin, and it might feel that way about our own bodies sometimes. But Paul is giving us another way to look at it, namely that these groanings are not the throes of death but they are the pains of childbirth a woman who cries out in childbirth and a woman who cries out at the death of her child might sound like the very same crying but oh uh, what a world of difference between the the cries of childbirth and the cries of death throes. And Paul says, This universe is not in the midst of its death throes, nor you. This universe is in the midst of its birth pangs. Look at what Jesus said in in Mark thirteen, eight, nation will rise against nation. So he's describing the, the the end times. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places and there will be famines or earthquakes and famines. This is the, the bondage to corruption and the futility of the creation. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pangs. That's where Paul gets this idea here when he says... This groaning of creation is the pains of childbirth right up until this present time. And and then comes a verse that every Christian desperately needs because the temptation might be to listen to the glorious statements of redemption in the first parts of this chapter and elsewhere in the Bible and say, But we, we have the Holy Spirit. We have been redeemed by Christ. God has broken into this fallen age and has rescued us from it. We have been transferred into the kingdom of his beloved Son. We are no longer under the master of of sin. We are in the power of the Spirit. Therefore, not us, not us. We're not going to be part of this groaning. To which Paul now says, and not only the creation, But we, and the the Greek is even more emphatic, it's we, even we ourselves, as if he were definitely responding to people who would say, surely not us, surely not us who have the Holy Spirit. Yes, we, even we, who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. Yes, even we groan. Why? We are eagerly awaiting our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Our bodies are not yet fully redeemed. I mean, let me take the pieces here and see the, the tension between the already of our salvation and the not yet, or the, the pain of the present moment and the hope in the, in the future. So here's a word first fruits. That means the harvest has begun. It's not yet there. The resurrection hasn't happened, but we've tasted it in in the Holy Spirit. Here's another one. We groan. Yes, we do. But these are the groanings of childbirth. And so there's the present pain and there's the hope of better things to come. And we wait. Yes, we do. But we wait eagerly. And yes, we are adopted. Remember verse Uh, 15 we have received the spirit of adoption we are the legal transaction is complete the purchase price for this adoption has been paid but the full experience of it is not yet and here's this redemption of our bodies that is secured it's purchased by Jesus but we don't yet have it we wait for the redemption of our bodies which means plenty of cancer is on its way beheadings are on their way God has not saved the world, including the believer, so fully that we don't yet have to suffer. That's the whole point of this section. Four, just to make it more clear, in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. In other words, we don't see the fullness of our adoption. We don't see the fullness of our redemption. We don't see the fullness of the harvest. We don't see the childbirth yet. We don't see so much that we'd like to see. This world looks like a horrible place of suffering in so many occasions for believers, for who hopes for what he sees. If you can see it, you don't hope, but we're living in hope. We're saved. We're saved in hope. And so you can't see it. But if we hope for what we do not see, then we wait for it with patience. So Paul is pleading for Christians to be patient throughout this whole section. That is, to endure the sufferings necessary in order to be glorified with Christ. And that's what he had said back in chapter 2. Who by patience in well-doing. So that's the same word as in chapter 8, verse 25. Verse 25. By patience or endurance in well-doing. Well-doing, putting to death the deeds of the body. If you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. By patience in well-doing, we seek for glory. Yes, we do, 817. You will be glorified with him if you suffer with him. We seek it. We want it. He's promised it. We're going to suffer in order to get there and honor and immortality. He will give eternal life to those who are thus patiently seeking that glory promised in 817 and patiently putting to death the deeds of the body after which they will live. So this is not news to say that we must live a life of great endurance and great patience. So here's the way I would... Put the big picture on this this section right here is the great corrective to the prosperity gospel quotes around it because it's not a gospel The prosperity gospel gets this all out of whack because, another way to say it would be, this is the great not yet. Not yet. We wait, we wait, we wait. We are in the midst of the pains of childbirth. We only have the first fruits. We are groaning. We are waiting eagerly. Our adoption is not yet consummated and complete, though legally secure. Our redemption of our bodies is not yet here, and there remains much yet to suffer. So Paul is serving us to help us see how our suffering fits in to the overarching purposes of God.